What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 89, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's season 5, episode 1, Enemies. Super excited to get going in season five. Yeah. So we are in an an independent podcast. I don't know why. I seem to have trouble saying that sometimes. Whatever. We're an independent podcast. Friends, you can help keep us independent. We got a little Patreon thing over there walking through. No, I always screw that up too. Patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate. Over there, there's going to be some fun, neato things. Zach will tell you a little bit more about that. But uh, for your information, especially if you're a new listener, uh, number one, welcome. Hi. Hello. Good to see you or here, whatever. Um, and, uh, we're the <laughs> Patreon. The whole reason that we built that thing was because a while ago, Zach's computer just said, uh, you know, Zach, I love you, but, uh, I can't do this anymore. And, uh, Zach said, that's great. But what about the podcast? And the computer said, I'm sure you can figure it out. So we did. And, um, every dollar for the Patreon is going straight to the Zach's computing device, uh, keeps the show alive. And so, uh, Thank you, everybody who has uh, contributed. Um, it's super duper helpful. We are so appreciative. Thank you so much. And uh, we do have stuff that we're going to pop on that feed from time to time, including some stuff that's going to be coming soon. And folks on the Patreon will have access to that stuff first. But don't worry. We're really in this for the funds, not the fun. <laughs> hey, Zach, I just made a pun. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you see that? Woo! Yeah. Um, yeah. We're in it for the enjoyment. <laughs> Not for the cash, believe me. Uh, and so we're going to be putting all that content on our main feed where you can find it. You'll find it on Google. I don't even know if what Google podcast is doing anymore. Whatever. Google's going to have it. Apple's going to have it. Spotify's going to have it. General podcast aggregators are going to have it. You'll be able to hear it. No sweat. Um, just a little bit delayed. That's all. Uh, there's a general offer in the world. That remains. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe we I, I, Zach and I are doing this show and we're adjusting as we go. Maybe this is one of the things we need to adjust. Whatever. If you leave an Apple review with words, uh, we will do a dramatic recreation of that because we like doing that and it's fun. It does create a lot of work. But you know what? I like I like the output. So, you know, there you go. If you want to do that, do it. Yep. And then you'll hear your words brought to life. So, uh, so Zach, if a person uh, says, you know what, this rambling intro was just too long, just simply too long, and they need to let us know that I need to trim it up a bit and get a little tighter on in the intro next time, how, how, might they, how might they reach out and do that? So if you get frustrated with how Brent talks, then you can let us know how much that grates on you by emailing us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That is... W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-H-E at gmail.com. Sweet. Sweet. And, you know, it's been like a month since I've had to say it. And yeah. I still got it. You Woo-hoo! still got it, man. Woo. Yeah. Just like that. Um, or you nice. can find us on Twitter at Stargate Walking, and you can let us know there how mm-hmm. much you love Brent's dulcet tone. Yeah, that's because I checked Twitter. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, or you could go to Facebook and the Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and the Facebook group, and you can just share your thoughts about whatever you want there. Brent only sometimes looks at that. Barely. So you can really go to town there. Yeah, if you want. it's really rare. <laughs> it's super rare. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit of a gag and a joke, but I'm not kidding. I'm like never there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in any case, 
you know, you can get a hold of us in lots of different ways. Yes. Uh, and let us know uh, that you're enjoying the podcast, uh, that, uh, you know, whatever it is that you want to share with us. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, that's going to be great. Uh, you can also find us on Patreon, as uh, Brent mentioned, patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate. Uh, one of the things that's coming up here is, uh, I think we've mentioned this before, but we're going to start a secondary podcast yeah. with myself and with David. Yes. Uh, David does all of those promos that you hear at the end of each episode. Yep. Uh, he and I have been watching Stargate for years and years and years. And one of the things that we've noticed is that with Brent around, we can't talk about all the spoiler stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> But but when you put that when you when you put it that bluntly, I mean it's like oh yeah, sorry Brent, guys, Brent, I love you. <laughs> Thanks, I love you too. Yeah. You guys are yeah. nice, but I get it. I mean like like even <clears throat> even this episode that we're about to talk about, Zach. Yes. Like yeah, I mean I'm confident that there's stuff that I've been saying, and you're just like, yep, yep, we'll see. And being able to talk freely about it is something yep. that you guys should be so. So this is a podcast that uh, we're calling The Other Side of the Gate, a Walking Through the Stargate podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be David and me. It's not going to be weekly. Um, It's going to be when we need it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. David and I haven't talked about that specifically, about how often we got to do this. But uh, it's going to come. It's going to come first to our Patreon uh, listeners, so yeah. if you want to get in on that for the first time when it airs right away, um, and we'll be talking about things that are relevant to where you and I are, Brent, yep. in the podcast. So yep. if you want to kind of pair that up, then I invite you to go to patreon.com uh, slash walking through the Stargate and uh, you know join the Patreon crew there. Uh, just a couple of dollars a month uh, will get you on that, and anybody who is a Patreon listener will have access uh, to this secondary podcast. Yes. Um, now, you'll get it right away if you're a, a Patreon listener. Uh, if you can't listen to the Patreon, that uh, can't participate that way, that's fine. We will have these out for you on the regular feed. They'll just going to be like, uh, I don't know, three or six months later. We haven't figured that out haven't yet. Haven't figured that out. Um, but, but, you know, they'll come, they'll just not be right away. Yeah. Um, so you'll have access to them, but if you want them right away as we go through everything, then, then this is how you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other big element of our Patreon is, uh, the rewatch recount. Yes. Um, and that's still going strong. We've mm-hmm. got great numbers. Uh, currently, mm-hmm. A Matter of Time is our number one with six votes. Thor's mm-hmm. Chariot in 2010 each have five votes. Mm-hmm. And a few others have some smatterings there. One of the things that I have noticed over the past couple of months is that uh, we haven't quite got that voting system tuned the way I want it mm-hmm. to be tuned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, if we put this into uh, board game or role-playing game, uh, terms, it's not quite balanced yeah. yet, and yeah. so I'm going to be looking at that and tinkering with that. the The premise is going to stay the same, uh, but I'm going to tinker with that so that uh, it can be balanced. Hopefully, so that your votes uh, become more valuable, uh, and uh, you can see the fruits of those votes yeah. uh, quicker and sooner. So look uh, to that as soon as I know exactly how that's going to be tinkered. Then we will definitely let you. Yeah, and friends, let me just tell you something. I have known Zach for quite a while, and I have played, I don't know how many board games with this guy. Um, And 
I have played a tiny, 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 tiny fraction of the amount of board games that he has played. Um, y'all are in good hands. <laughs> Zach, Zach knows how to understand a system very well and understand what can be done to improve a system very, very well. So, yes, it's going to be just fine. So uh, just, you know, putting that out there um, mm-hmm. and we'll get that tinkered. And as soon as we know what exactly that's going to look like, um, I've got some ideas in my head about how to rebalance that. Um, and as soon as I have that nailed down um, and, you know, I'll be honest, I might get it wrong again. Sure. But that's the whole point of this is you, you, you that, that's the that's a scientific method right there. Right? Gotta repeat you, you it. Put something out there that says I think this is the right thing to do. That's right. And you test it and you run it through its paces and then you realize that oh yes it did work or no it didn't. And if it didn't work, you says well okay then you tweak it re- again. Tw- you do you tweak it. Yep. And so that's what we're doing. We're trying yep. to get this to be uh, right so it's the the best for for everybody. Yeah, because so. we because we. We like we like having a good time. <laughs> yeah. And if other people aren't having a good time, then we're like, ah. This is... Yep. So speaking of so, good time, Zach. Yes. Uh, we are on episode 89 right now. And Indeed for those are. of you who can do math, they know that, that we are a mere 11 away from a very auspicious number of episode 100. And we um, didn't intend for this when we walked into the numbering planning. Um, in fact, we were uh, kind of uh, anticipating that we were going to be about one off or two off uh, as we were going along. But, um, you know, our season four recap was um, epic long. It was very long. <laughs> Brent, but you go with epic because then it sounds like it's big oh my and it was amazing. big all right long just sounds I, you know, long i told i don't i can't i did kind of sum up how many hours of editing i had to do for that thing and it was a lot <laughs> there was you a, had lot. a big task on that, that there was, was a lot of editing that i had to do um but yeah so we ended up um splitting that up into two episodes and then because each of those episodes were just so freaking big and by itself um our our interview with joe malozzi Zach, we had an interview with Joe Malozzi. We had an interview with Joe Malozzi. That was so cool. <laughs> anyway, our interview with Joe Malozzi, we want, I mean, it turned out that we were just going to have it be its own standalone episode, too. And that one's like about a half an hour long or so. About. Um, so we inadvertently ended up lining ourselves up right on the nose with episode 100 for stargate so we're gonna have a 100th episode when there's a 100th episode of stargate um we want to do something fun with you all for that 100th episode i had sort of mentioned before put on your creative thinking caps this is what we're going after um pretty much everybody has a telephone that has a capacity of capturing uh, an audio file and pretty much everybody has the ability to email that file so between those two facts the thing that we really want to hear from you is that we want about a minute of audio that we're going to stitch into that 100th episode. So you get a chance to be world famous on a podcast. That's right. <laughs> our intrepid endeavor, which goes coast to coast, worldwide, around the world, 80 days, whatever. Um, you'll be able to, to get a piece of that thing here, too. We want a minute of your thoughts. We want you to take that phone and fire up that audio recorder. And don't worry about the mic, because surprisingly... Those mics are better than you think. Um, But we want to know where were you when you first saw Stargate episode 100 and what was going on in the world generally a bit 
and share a little bit about how that episode makes you feel, or like how you felt about the episode, how it makes you feel about Stargate itself. Like when you first saw it, what was you, what were your reactions? So as best as you can remember, put yourself in my shoes. Uh, tell us what I get that first time that you saw it and what and, and everything about it. Cause like, th- tell us about like, like what was the weather like that day? If you can remember, like, what did you, what did you have for lunch? If you can remember that, you know, a minute though, for real, <laughs> keep it to yeah. a minute. Um, and we don't know exactly how popular this is going to be. So we're going to tell you up front, look, we're going to reserve the right to pick and choose. Uh, we're not going to promise that every single one of these things is going to make it into the show, but whatever, like, come on, if you do a good job and it's all good, it's going to be fine. Um, and we're going to add it to that episode hundred show. And we're really excited to do this because this show is popular and enjoyable because you all are participating in it. Uh, and we want to honor that participation. So we're looking forward to doing something a little bit special for you there. And, you know, if you're like me and honestly can't remember the first time that you saw this episode, sure. uh, you know, yes. that's fine too. share your thoughts about what you think about the episode. You know, what yeah. was it about this episode? You know, I mean, it's the 100th episode. And those of you who have already seen it know what I'm talking about there. So, um, you know, how does that make you feel? You know, talk about talk about the episode. Talk whatever. Give us a minute. Tell yep. us your thoughts and, yep. and, and whatever. Yeah. Oh, I probably should. Put, so when you fire up the audio recorder, say a couple of things like, hi, this is so-and-so. You can say from where if you will care about that much. But like, you know, otherwise I'm going to be sitting here and be like, ah, oh, and this is from uh, Jim. Hi, Jim. <laughs> and, you know, so do me a favor. Do me a solid. Yep. Tell me who you are. You know, help Brent out. Help, help, Brent is help the, me out. <laughs> Brent is the one who edits these things, and he needs your help. And, oh, right. And what are you going to do with this? You're going to email it to the email address. You're going to email it to walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. Um, yep. So when we yep. get those audio files, I'll be able to pull those things down, do some magic, and make, make something cool happen. Indeed. Yeah. And uh, so this isn't quite in our show notes, but I'll tease it out there just a little bit. Sure. We have some other plans. For the 100th, for yes, around the 100th. Yes. Um, but I'm not, not going that. to share what that mm. is yet because nope. we need to make sure that we get all of our ducks in a row. Yes. These plans um, involve work. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so we're not going to talk about it. It surprise you, but neither one of us are a full time podcaster. No, I have another job, one that pays I mean, me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> One that I really like doing. One that demands a lot of time right now. Holy cow. Uh, yeah. Holy moly. Okay. Anyway. Well, Brent. Yeah. Shall we dig into this first of season five episode? Yes. Let's do it. All right. Episode one of season five, Enemies, was directed by Martin Wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a staple of Stargate lore and mm-hmm. work. Uh, and you could actually spot him in this episode, I believe, in a hallway or maybe an elevator as they are walking through Stargate Command with gotcha. those Tokra ladies. Uh, the I Tokra see. lady. Yeah. Uh, I believe he is standing there with um, uh, Sergeant Siler. So there of course. you have it. That's Martin yeah. Wood. Uh, the story for this episode is by Brad Wright, Robert C. Cooper, Joe Malozzi, and Paul mm-hmm. Mully. Mm-hmm. The teleplay is eventually totaled by Robert Cooper. Yep. Um, so they all got together in a room and says, what do we need to do about this first episode? And then they did it, and then, then Robert put it all together. 
the guest actors for this are Carmen Argenziano, who plays Jacob Selma, Jacob Carter, and Selmac. <laughs> Jacob Selmac, <laughs> Jacob which Selmac. I guess that would kind of work by now, right? Yeah. Like, well, I you get, know, yeah. you know, in in the realm of Star Trek uh, and the Trill, yeah. you know, you had Jadzia oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dax, yes. and when you know, so the the person would take the the surname of the the symbiote, yep. and mix that together. So yep. Jacob Selmac works. Yep. We also sure have does. Peter Williams as Apophis returning. We yeah. have Gary Jones making a brief appearance <laughs> as Sergeant Walter Harriman, a.k.a. Yay! Radar! Radar! Yeah. Uh, and then we have Jennifer Calvert, who plays Renal. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is the Tokra who comes in there. This is her first appearance on Stargate. But we mm-hmm. will see Renal again in a few more episodes later nice. on. Nice. Okay, cool. So... Uh, she was uh, born in 63 in Ontario, Canada, mm-hmm. uh, spent a lot of time in uh, the UK doing film and television there, mm-hmm. uh, which is where she uh, developed that rockin' British accent that she brings into this episode. Yes. Uh, she came into the, the audition, says, you want me to do an American accent? And they're like, no, totally bring in that, that British accent. And so she's like, okay. And she does. And nice. There you have it. Very good. Uh, and so that's Jennifer. Everybody else is people that we already know in the show. Sure do. The original air date for Enemies was June 29, 2001. Yeah. Number one in the charts in the U.S. was Lady Marmalade by Christina Aguilera, Little Kim, and Maya and Pink. Yep. In the U.K., they were also listening to Lady Marmalade by yeah. Christina Aguilera, Little Kim, Maya, and Pink. Uh, so the song is playing in my head, and it's obviously playing now in the background. It's a banger. Um, however, yep. I, like I'm remembering like snippets of lyrics, but not whole phrases of lyrics. So as a result, I'm not about to start to try to sing the song because I'm gonna screw it up bad. So there it is. It's playing well, right now. I have I have two comments. Yes. One, this is the first time that the UK and the US charts lined up on their number one since we have been doing podcasts. Really. No, really? Yeah. Oh, Pretty sure. okay. Pretty sure. Uh, and number two, I still don't know this song. No. Okay. Sorry. Well, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Let, sorry. Let, I, let that's me, a thing me, I'm trying not say. to do okay. anymore. I probably, I, I don't know the song. You'll recognize it when name. you hear it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. might. Yes. I might. No, you will. You will. Okay. Trust me. It was everywhere. Okay. Yes. Well, so, as we continue to listen to Lady Marmalade in the background, yeah. Uh, we have some box office uh, movies at this point in time. Yeah. The first one was AI, artificial intelligence. We're talking about robots with brains that are like like human brains. Or yes. Not human brains. And, and, no. and are they real? Are they yeah. not? Can they feel? Can they not feel? I sure. Think, is this the one with uh, Robin Williams? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And uh, Haley Joel Osment yes. is in it. Yes. Um, from the Sixth Sense fame, um, you know, way back when he was still young and cute. Uh, but anyway, you know, yeah. <laughs> that sounded way bad. We were talking a long time ago, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, so uh, I'm just going to go the Fast and the Furious through the rest of these things because, uh, oh, oh boy, oh, that was number two. Yeah, yep. The Fast yep. and the Furious, you know, and who, who would have guessed that the Fast and the Furious in 2001 would have spawned the franchise that it has? Uh, that's a fair point. <laughs> I mean, there's been what? I mean, eight movies, nine movies, eight movies, eight or nine movies. 
I mean, the main character, well, the actor of the main character literally died, and that wasn't enough to stop it. That wasn't them. enough. Carried um, on. In fact, they even produced an episode after he had died. Uh, yep. movie. Yep. Uh, so, you know, the Fast and the Furious, and, and you know what? They're fun movies. Are they wonderful movies? No, but they're fun. No, you don't, you don't watch it to have a life-changing moment. Not at all. No. You but, watch but it to it watch a bunch about, of cars It's all about family. It's about family. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, it truly is. It really is. It's all about family. Okay. Found family and like biological family. It's all about family. Gotcha. All right. Okay. Totally blew your mind there, didn't you? You it's surprised not me about on that one. Cars. I gotta tell you. <laughs> um. <sighs> yeah. Any case. Yeah. Uh, number three in the box office is Doctor Doolittle Two. No. So uh, don't bo- don't get confused there. It's not the first one. It's the second one. Yeah. Um, so there you go, Doctor Doolittle Two. Um, if we need more action in our life, don't worry, we have it in number four with Laura Croft Tomb Raider. Yeah. And this is the uh, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Angelina Jolie. Yes, thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. My, my brain just completely died yep. on that. Nope. For a half second, I was like, oh, wait, what's her name? Yeah. Nope. Yep. Angelina yep. So Jolie. this is, uh, and she made a couple of the Laura Croft movies. Yep. That's right. Um, and uh, and then finally rounding out the top five is Baby Boy, which is a movie that I don't. I don't remember that either. But I do remember that I saw The Fast and the Furious and Laura Croft Tomb Raider as a double feature at a drive-in movie theater. Ooh. Yeah. Well, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, yeah. So, that's cool. Yep. That's my story. Uh, what was happening on June 29th, 2001, or right around there? Mm-hmm. On the 27th, a couple of days before this episode aired, Pope John Paul II beatifies 28 Ukrainian Greek Catholics, hmm. including 27 martyrs, most of whom were killed by the Soviet secret police. Gotcha. Um the beatification takes place at a service in uh, Liv. I don't. I think there's something. I don't know. L V I V is what it says there, and uh, just I don't know what that is. I, I, uh, but I, I, you know, my my, you know, Eastern Europe, Europe uh, uh, geography is woefully. <laughs> it's a little poor. Yeah, it's a little it poor. I'm sorry about that. Um, but, you know, those of you who live out there, because uh, I know we have some listeners from Eastern Europe, yeah, uh, let, if you know where this is and how to pronounce that and all, let me know, because I want to know this stuff. You, you um, do. Sure. This was done during uh, Pope John Paul's first visit to the country. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, June 27th, Jack Lemon, the American actor, dies of oh, colon cancer and metastatic yeah. cancer of the bladder. He was 76. And then, a few days later, on July 2nd, the Abiocore self-contained artificial heart was... Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, there you go. There you go. Now, as we dig into this episode, Enemy, it's worth noting that Michael Shanks suffers from arachnophobia, and that's a fear of spiders. Yeah. So, when he was in the cell, and they had that, you know, uh, replicator... Uh, spider creature coming towards him and kind of, you know, juking at him. Uh, and you look at the, the, the terror and the un- discomfort on his face. Yeah. That was, well, A, it was really great, but because it, it was real. Oh. It was like, I totally do not want to be right next to that Oof. thing. Oof. Oof. So. Yikes. Um, no kidding. Yeah. Um, so, now, I also have some various quotes from different folks about this episode. Okay. Um, I pulled all of these quotes from Gate World. 
uh, .net, so you can mm-hmm. find the quotes there, mm-hmm. but I'm also... So the first one comes from Peter DeLuise, and he mm-hmm. says, We considered leaving them in outer space and doing a year of episodes along the lines of Star Trek Voyager, or even better, Lost in Space. Mm-hmm. You kind of mm-hmm. predicted mm-hmm. but didn't predict that that was going to happen. Right. You, know, you said something like that. Yes. Like, However, he continues, we didn't think the viewers would buy it, especially since we didn't have Billy uh, Moomy or a robot yelling, Danger, SG-1, danger! (laughs) We wouldn't buy it because we didn't have a robot saying, Danger, SG-1. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Okay, keep my thoughts to myself. Uh, here's a quote from Robert Cooper. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember calling Joel Smith, who is the music, Joel Goldsmith, the music composer for this episode, and Mm -hmm. discussing the music of the episode. Usually there are natural spots in a scene where the music begins and can end. Sometimes there will be a little dead space or dry spot in the middle where uh, you let the scene kind of play out. But for enemies, I said to Joel, after the opening credits, just jump on in and then right before the end credits, jump out. And that's pretty much how things went. All action required lots and lots of music. Yeah. Um, And so there you have it. Nice. Uh, Here is a quote from... Um, this is, uh, oh, this is Joseph Melozzi. Yeah. He says, I always found it interesting that whenever certain fans took issue with a creative decision, they would always blame TPTB, that is to say, the powers that be, as <laughs> if we were one giant multi-headed monster. In truth, we're individual little monsters who have had our share of disagreements over the years on everything from wardrobe decisions to major character arcs. Mm, mm-hmm. Season four had seen its share of minor debates, but this episode stands out as the first big blowout. Oh. I don't even recall exactly what was being disputed. I only remember it had to do with story structure. That and being really impassioned and ultimately very annoyed. Mm, mm -hmm. In the end, Paul and I handed off the episode to Rob and shifted focus to another script. Uh, And Enemies turned out to be a terrific episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, FYI, the working title for this one was Serpent's Hat. Don't ask. Serpent's Hat. Yep. I, I... I got nothing for you. I'm just just reading what's on the page. I mean, the big the big attack ship kind of did look like a witch's hat. That's true, sorta. That's true. I mean, in a very vague sense. With so, serpent's hat, cool. Yep. Now I do have a couple of uh, little bits that I want to pull from, kind of a combination of the illustrated companion for seasons five and six, and also the commentary. So you sure. may have noticed, Brent, that this was an episode that was chock full of visual effects yes like pretty much every scene had visual effects in there yes. somewhere yes um, especially since like like the ring room they only have one ring room and they had to use it for like five different ring yeah. rooms yeah mm-hmm. and so they had to redress it all the time they only have like four or five hallways and they only have one peltac and so they had to redress all of that stuff gotcha. for everything yeah. for all over the place yeah um so um, you know, so just that kind of kind of uh, visual effect stuff was just going crazy. Um, in the end, when they were running down the hall shooting at the replicators, yep. Well, like a the camera guy had to be fully decked in armor because 
I mean, you know, they're blanks, but that's still a lot of ammunition that's being flown around. Yes. In that little space. Yes. And so, you know, and he's getting really close to that blastings and such. Yes. So, so that's it. Wow. Also, the walls in that are made yeah. primarily of styrofoam, and yeah. just the concussive blast was shaking and rattling them. And if you look carefully, you can actually see white styrofoam dust on the edges of the floor and around in that hallway just huh. from all of the concussion that's happening. Wow, man. Yes. <laughs> they really went all out on this one. Holy they cow. did. They certainly did. And uh, if you recall the scene where they're running away from the replicators and and uh, uh, O'Neill slides down into the gate room and they rings up and then, you know, they pop up in, in the new ship. Yep. Well, all of that was one shot. And so mm-hmm. they had him sliding in, and then they had the visual effects, and you know during that yep. you know three seconds they were quickly moving things around and shifting walls into place and all that stuff, so Gosh. that when the visual came, and so here's the thing is that by itself the rings wouldn't be enough to cover everything, so they had to add the the replicator jumping in at that last moment on top of the rings and blasting and all of that stuff to really cover the screen, so that when uh, the visual effects left. Um, everything was new, and you know you didn't see anybody moving things around. Yeah. Wow. Which, way cool. Yes. I think. Uh, you know. That, I agree. That kind of that kind of uh, uh, you know visual work in things uh, always. You know, I, I love them. They're just always so cool to be able to do that type. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, there were several shots. Uh, that were designed to be single shots at the end when they were fighting the replicators and such. And unfortunately, some of those got cut a little bit as they wanted to cut to a replicator going, and all of this stuff. And so you kind of miss some of the flow of that, but it is still there and it was designed to be. Gotcha. There you go. Yeah. And then this episode in other language, the French call it sworn enemies, the Italian call Mm -hmm. it enemies, the Spanish call it enemies, the Czech call it enemies, the Hungarian call it enemies, Mm -hmm. and I expected the Germans to call it the death of Apophis. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 because that's kind of their speed. they weren't quite that much on the nose. They just said mortal enemy. (laughs) Well, immortal, the word mortal's there. Oh, gosh. There you go. Wow. So, that's funny. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, sure, the Germans are going to call this like the death of Apophis or something. Apophis meets his end. Apophis is fate. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, boy. All right. Shall we uh, dig into the synopsis? Yeah, let's get into this thing. All right, here we go. Previously on Stargate SG-1. Yeah. We got a shiny new mothership. Let's help Atoker move. No more need for Tanith. Oh, crap. <laughs> Tanith escaped and Tilk is, well, mad. Double crap. Apophis <laughs> has come to help with the move, and we know he's only going to make things harder for the rest of us. I got an idea. Let's blow up the sun and kill Apophis. Great idea. Let's do it. Hey, look at that. We did it. But Tanith is still out there. Well, crap <laughs> again. He escaped, and now Tilk is dead. Uh-oh. But O'Neill escaped, and the team plus Jacob Carter jump into hyperspace before the sun's shockwave annihilates everybody. Wait, what's this? How did this happen? Where... We're in another galaxy! Oh no! And to make matters worse, Apophis' mothership just appeared out of hyperspace! Well, crap! Dum bum bum! And now, the continuation. Mm-hmm. Uh, hi Apophis! We're all in the same boat here, maybe we should work together and get back to our galaxy! Glavel ha! Too late! 
I'm going to kill you until you die from it. <laughs> this is turning out to be a really bad day. I'm going to kill you until you die from it. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> but wait, what's that? Another ship, you say? Yeah, what's up with that? And it's big, and it's shooting at Apophis. Sweet! O'Neill likes their style. Shoot first and send flowers later. But let's get out of here before we get squished by the big bullies. Hmm. I know. Let's go hide in the sun. That's a great idea. (laughs) We have a little time before we get cooked by, you know, the radiation. But maybe (laughs) we can get the shields on before that happens. Jacob pilots the Hatak toward the Blue Giant, and while they will be hidden from everyone else's sensors, woohoo, their sensors will also be blind. Oh. Boo. But they manage to fix the shields. But the hyperdrive is completely shot. There is no hope to repair it without new control crystals from another source. While Carter and Carter are working on the ship, O'Neill is feeling the emotional pressure of having lost Teal'c on Varash. Daniel tries to console him to little effect. Meanwhile, back at Stargate Command, we get General Hammond's token scene. A Tok'ra contingent led by Councilwoman Renal arrives. The plan to destroy Apophis' fleet appears to have worked. There was an escape pod that seemed to make its way to Ghoulwold's space, but we don't know anything about that. And there were two weird hiccups in hyperspace, but basically the whole system went kablooey! Selmak is being listed as a fallen hero. Hammond, however, refuses to give up on SG-1. They have a surprisingly good habit of beating the odds, he says. Of course, it helps when their names appear in the opening credits of the show, but... Hey, maybe this is the the story of a reformation, a new, fresh-blood SG-1. It could happen. It could happen. So, with the shields, we're we're back on the other galaxy now. With the shields repaired, the team have little choice but to risk departing the sun's corona because, you know, radiation and all of that stuff. When their sensors come back on, they see only Apophis' ship. But it appears to be damaged, and there aren't any life signs. The ship that attacked Apophis is nowhere to be seen. They can't fix their ship, so let's check out Apophis's. Maybe it's in better shape. It's bigger. It's faster. It's all around better. Carter, Carter, and O'Neill ring over to the mothership while Jackson stays behind to run the other ship. What's that? That's the sound of the auto-destruct counting down. Well, crap. Jacob heads to the Peltec to try to turn off the auto-destruct. Jack and Sam head to the engine room to, at the very least, get the crystals they need to fix their ship. Mm -hmm. On the way, they discover a group of dead Jaffa in the hallway. As they examine the scene, Sam is distracted by an eerie yet familiar sound. Scanning the walls and ceiling, they discover a replicator scaling the wall! Well, crap! They need to get out of here quickly. Mm -hmm. They run, they get the crystals they need, and they just barely get back to the rings to escape in time, all while the replicators chase them through the halls. Apophis' ship explodes, killing the replicators along with it, while while Daniel plots the Hatak away as fast as he can from the ensuing explosion. Quick, divert all power to the shields! We're not gonna make it! Ah! We, we made it. Ooh. I distinctly recall someone saying that we're not going to make it, but we appear to have made it. You know, <laughs> perhaps we should in the future employ a more wait and see approach to we're not going to make it and blow my last chance of being right. Ah, <laughs> uh, the drawing of two commanders trying to command the same. <laughs> yep. Well, 
they made it. Safe and sound on the Hatak vessel with the crystals they need to repair their hyperdrive and hopefully somehow get home. Carter and Carter manage to repair the hyperdrive, but their celebration is dampened when a message from the Peltec comes through. Daniel has spotted a small Gould cargo ship approaching. It's... It's Teal'c! He's, he's alive! Mm-hmm. The band is back together! Wahoo! We'll open the door for you, and you can fly that ship right in, and we can have a party! Woo! Woohoo! But when Teal'c greets O'Neill in SG-1, he, peels, he pulls O'Neill's sidearm and aims it squarely at his friend's chest. Stunned, the team witnesses several other Jaffa entering, aiming their weapons at our heroes. Then Apophis walks in, congratulating Teal'c on taking his rightful place as the System Lord's first prime. Oh, no. SG-1 are stripped of their weapons and armor and taken to an empty room. Why an empty room? Because apparently the, uh, you know, uh, jail cell in the ship, the brig, has damage. Right. Of course. Has nothing to do with the fact that we don't actually have that set, but no. No, it's because it was damaged. Yep. O'Neill thinks Teal'c has a plan and is just waiting for Teal'c to reveal his part in the plan. Then Teal'c punches O'Neill in the face. Teal'c has never not been in the service of Apophis. Mm. Everything he's done for the past four years has been subterfuge. Mm. <laughs> I am evil! What? Well, crap. <laughs> the team realize that Teal'c has been brainwashed to serve Apophis again. Fortunately, Jacob has not been captured yet. All is not lost. Teal'c and some of the other Jaffa unload the cargo, including a sarcophagus and some crates. Unbeknownst to them, however, as they leave the room, the top of one of the crates starts to dissolve. The replicators have boarded the ship. Bum, bum, bum. Well, crap. <laughs> On the Peltag, Apophis has his minions plot a course for Delmec. That's the late Sokar's planet, which Apophis has been using as his base of operations. Unfortunately, it will take them many, many decades to reach their destination. Mm. They will all be long dead, but Apophis will survive. Huzzah. Huzzah. (laughs) Jacob is finally able to unlock the door, releasing SG-1. Unfortunately, Teal'c is also there and doesn't allow them to escape. Instead, now they're all trapped in the empty room. That's not a brig, but is a brig. Mm. This is going really well. As they wait for something to happen, suddenly the ship drops out of hyperspace. Well, that's odd. Suddenly the door opens just a little bit. That's odd. And then replicators march down the hallway and into... Oh. Well, crap. On, well, crap. <laughs> On the Peltec, Apophis and his goons are surprised when the ship drops out of hyperspace. Tilk goes to investigate and reports that the ship is swarming with replicators. Replicators. Well, crap. <laughs> Suffice it to say, this is really, really bad. Oh, yeah. Apophis and his guards depart for the cargo ship, but they are stopped in the hallway by replicators. Apophis sacrifices his Jaffa and locks himself into the Peltec. Unfortunately for Apophis, a locked door is not going to stop the replicators. Mm-mm. SG-1 head to the storage room and rearm themselves with P90s and body vests. Or whatever, you know, whatever. armor. Yeah, they got, they got their stuff. Uh, of course, they're like tossing it over their shoulders like they're cool, you know, vests and stuff. And they're not like actually using them. But 
that's neither here nor there. Here Let's there. grab Teal and get out, get off of the ship as fast as possible. Good idea. Jack and Sam look for Teal while Daniel and Jacob secure the cargo ship. Jack and Sam find Teal and several Jaffa. Jaffa. Bullets fly. Staff blasts blast. Jaffa die left and right. The replicators enter the scene, making it even more chaotic. Jack has the shot. Takes out Teal with a single bullet to the chest. You know, because he must have made a cold shot and rolled a natural 20. Because, you know, you get those awesome kinds of rolls when your name appears above the title of a major television he's, TV show. He's a hero. This is what this is hero. This is hero stuff. This is all this you know, is hero stuff. You know, when I'm playing role-playing games, I never yeah. get that lucky. Well, sometimes you do. Um, it's just that Jack O'Neill gets that lucky regularly. Yeah, that, that's what... See, there you go. See, he's got a load of dice. <laughs> what you don't know is that there's like six 20s on that die. <laughs> like I said, he's a loaded die. <laughs> with Tilk unconscious but alive and the rest of the Jafad dealt with, the two heroes haul their friend to the cargo ship, which is no easy task because... Let's be honest, Christopher Judge, a.k.a. He's a big Teal, dude. Huge yeah. dude. They, they, you know, all they did was look at his wrists and they cut away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he, he's got arms that are bigger than most people's uh-huh. legs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, but just as they're about to leave, the Hatak re-enters hyperspace. Zoom! Oh, crap. They can't leave while the ship is in hyperspace. That said... The ship is going super duper fast. I'm talking ludicrously fast. I mean, like, they have entered the plaid kind of fast. <laughs> They've gone plaid. <laughs> this is great news. This is like anti-crap. The ship will take them back to their own galaxy, and then they can escape. Easy peasy. There you awesome. go. But wait, we can't let the replicators get a foothold in our galaxy. That would be crappy. Mm-hmm. We'll need to destroy the ship, and to do that, we'll need to destroy the sublight engines so that when the ship exits hyperspace, it can't slow down and plows itself right into the planet Delmac, destroying Apophis and the Replicators. Yes. All we need to do is now walk very carefully to the sublight crystals in the engine room, which just happens to be swarming with a whole ton of bugs. Yes. Shoot up the crystals with our P90, and then leave quietly. No problem. No problem at all. Jacob stays on the cargo ship and keeps the engines running. Sam, Jack, and Daniel head to the engine room. As soon as the ship exits hyperspace, Jack takes out the sublight engines. This, suffice it to say, really torques off the bugs. Yes. They, the chase is on. Bullets fly. SG-1 members run. Replicator bugs attack. Bullets everywhere. You know, styrofoam walls bouncing around. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, they're cut off from the cargo ship. Well, that's okay. We found this other place that has rings. Jacob, Dad, can you ring us up? Oh, sure. They get to the rings and level whatever it is. Jacob rings them safely. Boom, they're on the cargo ship. The talk vessel caroms toward the planet out of control. The ship begins to... The cargo ship begins to depart. But, oh, no, the cargo bay doors are closing. Are they going to make it? I don't want to (laughs) say. Yes, yes, they make it. They look back and they see the Hatak smash into the planet. The day is saved. Hooray! They killed Apophis. They stopped the replicators. They even got Tilk's body back. But getting his mind back will not be so easy. The end. The end. So, Brent. Yeah. Enemies. Uh Uh-huh. What'd you think? Boy, this one started fast, didn't it? It and did. It, and, it, and, it, and it was fast in the middle, and it ended fast. Holy cow, was this a ride. And I got to tell you. This is an episode that 
did not stop once it started. Right? 100%. And the only thing I could think of as I watched Apophis plummet into the planet was, wait a minute, wait a minute, no, wait, wait, wait. I just got done spending four, three and a half seasons railing on about how terrible of a bad guy Apophis is only to finally come around and go, you know what? All right. All right, I'm on board. Okay, Apophis is bad. Apophis is tough. He's got a terribly large army. This guy is to be taken seriously. I think it's stupid how he got there, but here he is. Let's take it for real. Okay, all right. Apophis is the best. He dies. He dies. He dies. He's dead. He's dead. Now, I will say this, though, Zach. Yes? We do not see him die. Ah, yes, that's true. So this guy right here, the one who's been saying that Apophis Mm -hmm. is a terrible bad guy. A terrible bad guy. Bad, bad guy. Sokar mm-hmm. would have been a much better bad guy. Much better. Peter Williams is amazing. Apophis is not so amazing. Here I am, all of a sudden, rooting to see Apophis again. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, well, we didn't see him die, so maybe he's still alive. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. this So, story- do you want me to tell you? Whether or not we will see Apophis again. No, that's the rules of the game is that we can't. Uh, I suspect that I will not um, because, I mean, that was a pretty big explosion. <laughs> that, was, that, was a, you know, that was a pretty big boom there. There's this little thing called kinetic energy. Oh, yeah. And kinetic energy wins. Oh, <laughs> um, it would be one of those things of like uh, he managed to, to somehow like get no he couldn't have he was he was stuck he was standing with his shield with replicators around him and his last word was bah Ah! (laughs) (laughs) although it wasn't c4 that did it tombstone his last words bah well pleased that c that c4 was not the thing that did him in this time uh, yeah. But indeed, it was bullets. It was bullets and a well-placed vulnerability. It's not like it was quite that simple, but uh, but still. But yeah, no, this was a fun... Man, this was fun. This was fun. This was super duper fun. So, you know, because of the promo, I knew that Teal'c was going to be a bad guy. But was Teal'c going to be an actual bad guy? I was not sure. That scene there where they were assuming that Teal'c was kind of running some kind of ruse or something. Mm-hmm. I was kind of there for that. I was like, oh, yeah, that would that would... I, that would make sense, uh, you know. And then when uh, Jackson was saying, like, hey, don't forget, uh, Apophis can brainwash a person. Uh, then I was like, oh, okay, all right, well, so the story's going to go there. And that's not the worst, but, you know. It was fun to see Christopher Judge act. Um, this is the first time that I have seen Teal'c having fully drank the Apophis, right? So yes. even in yep. episode one, uh, it was that he was a doubter. And here is what uh, Teal'c looks like when he is fully committed. And uh, that was that was good. I mean, he was, ooh, I can see why this guy was his first prime. Holy cow. That was He's scary. Yes. He's <laughs> Absolutely. fanatical. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, the story itself, I mean, man, it was so fast-paced in the good way. I mean, like, there was so much happening. There were also those because of the speed it feels like there were things that that turned into plot holes but they didn't have time to actually address it properly so they had to just go screaming past it 
uh, two things pop into mind right away. First, uh, it the best way I can describe the situation is that the replicators have not been able to get a hold of uh, hyperspace technology that is as good as the Goulds, and that seems implausible because we still have the Asgard out there, and replicators have absolutely gotten at Asgard technology. That was the point. We learned that last season. Um, or no, two seasons. Uh, and so if replicators are able to get a hold of excellent hyperspace technology and then crank it up to hundreds of times its original value in order to span just immense distances, mm-hmm. um, that seems like a pretty strong plot point that says our entire known universe should be crawling with replicators right now and it isn't so what's up with that so there's that but we'll leave it we'll leave it alone for now um because for all intents and purposes you you could play the uh well you see how it works so you know so you know um in that situation i would say that at least some of the replicators don't know about our galaxy uh, this yeah, okay. particular group of replicators learned about our galaxy and started to come in this direction. Okay, that's fair. Um, that's the fair. replicators that have known about our galaxy in the past have currently all died, and at least the um, uh, Asgard are holding their own-ish. Yes. So you could make that argument. I'm going to acknowledge that that's kind of a soft argument. Sure. Oh, no, it's but not. It's it was there. just a moment of like, well, wait a minute. If they have the ability to to juice up hyperspeed or you know you know if they could do this why aren't they doing this regularly is really what yeah fine <clears throat> happy to happy to, to buy that explanation totally fine there seemed like there was another thing that was a little bit kind of funky um i don't know i don't know um i think it was you know then who was that ship and i guess the answer is it was the replicators that's who that ship you know the one that came in and started firing mm-hmm. on Apophis' ship at, the, ship at the beginning. Um, I was really hoping it would be the Asgard. I was really hoping that we would find ourselves there, like you know, and 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 uh, you know that that was our solution path. That you know there was a that 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 the that the Asgard did not expect to see an attack vessel with the size with the configuration and power of Apophis's. So you know mm. it's not like it was a slam dunk, but. But through the course of the episode, we, you know, our heroes end up victorious. And because they're with the Asgard, we know how to get home. There we go. Ta-da! Um, there you go. Having a super duper fast travel to um, uh, something with a D, the planet that became Delmac. Delmac. Uh, you know, this is cool. Like, how are we going to get from Delmac to Earth? Uh, I'm still interested in learning about that. But now we're in our galaxy. And so I think that that's probably going to be resolved well, Without I mean, if time. you remember from the episode with Sokar, um, you know, they, they traveled to Sokar's planet in a cargo ship, just like this one, and it took like a week or so. So, Oh, gotcha. You yeah. know, traveling from Delmac to Earth um, is not going to be a real big issue in the grand scheme of things. Right. Getting the, um, getting the cargo ship. Uh, they've had cargo ships on the Earth before. I they believe have, you. They have cloaking devices, so you can cloak oh! it and land. Gotcha. Gotcha. Anyway. I got that. Uh, there you go. Yeah, so this was a fun time. Um, there, there was parts about it, though. Um, it didn't feel like a seismic event, though. 
it was a big story. It was a big story. And the visual effects were amazing. And I was noticing it. And that one continuous shot with the ring room and such. I mean, I knew it was a continuous shot, but I didn't even appreciate the set change uh, until you were bringing it up. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, and, and, you know, it was a good, it was a good story. Well paced, well shot. Uh, lots of energy. Lots and lots of energy. The stuff that I'm looking at going like, eh, I'm not so sure about it. Like, I can easily overlook. Uh, so I had a good time with this one. What about you? What do you mm-hmm. think? So this, I think you're absolutely right. This is this is a high-paced, high-energy show that just cranks it to 11 and keeps going. Uh, there are a few moments along the way where you just kind of have a little bit of a, a pause and a breath before they crank it into 11 again. Yeah. And you need those things for this type of thing. Uh, but even those moments when they slow it down a little bit, it's not like they grind it to a halt. Uh, this is a go, go, go episode. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the visual effects, it's its a fun episode to just go and do and be. It's not an episode that even gives you time to think about. No, um, you know, really. it just, uh, and, and there's not much to think about. Uh, you know, the, this isn't an episode that has some deep philosophical things to, to ponder or correct. Question. Right. Um, I mean, we've got the whole issue of Teal'c. Um, being brainwashed, which is a big deal. Uh, there was an early script that kind of thought about um, uh, delving into that uh, in this episode as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ultimately decided that they can't do that in this episode. Um, so they didn't, mm-hmm. uh, other than just, you know, establishing that Teal'c is the way he is. Um, but there's not a whole lot of uh, philosophy to dig out of that. Um, the the replicators move very, very quickly, um, but that is not, you know, unusual for what we've already established. With mm-hmm. we get new kinds of replicator bugs. Like yes, in the past we just had basically the the one standard bug, uh, and now we've got large ones with like flying wings and yep. and you know, I mean, creepy things, giant mother bugs, and yes, and and you know, you see them working on building that that high energy. Uh, hyperdrive enhancer out yeah. of themselves. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as they jump out of hyperspace and the, the SG-1 pisses them off, then they immediately change into other things and they start chasing. I mean, you know, uh, so that's really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. So, you know, for me, if, if I just allow myself to sit down, this is like the Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. Especially the first one, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to sit down and know what you're getting into. You're getting into a car chase movie. Uh, yes, and when you talk about, and then you're going to find out that as things go on, there'll be other things that you can add to it. But but as the beginning of this, this is just the basis of what the um, the the interchange uh, Jacob and and uh, O'Neill uh, about who is the commander of the ship is is fun and exactly what you would expect from those characters to do. Uh, you know, the welcome to my life, you know, comment from <laughs> Carter, from yeah. Sam, is, is just a, a great little line there mm-hmm. uh, to kind of defuse that a little bit. Um, you know, so, you know, there's a lot of great things in this episode, um, but it's not one that, for my money, gives me a whole lot to chew on. Right. Um, it's a great way to, you know, I, I thought it was all plausible to get them back home safely. Sure. A um, uh, couple of things are a little bit convenient, but, you know, it's a show about heroes, so right. I'm okay to p- pass that over. Right. And um, 
And I think it's a great way to open up a new season to just say, hey, this is big. And there we are. Yep. Um, it definitely uh, puts Stargate SG-1 as a story firmly on the footing of of this story is going to be big. You know, I mean, it's been building and it's been finding its way and it's been finding ways to be big and bigger and bigger. But this one is really like putting two feet down and going, look, this is going to be a fun story for all of you. So buckle in. Here we go. Right. So it's worth noting that this is the fifth season. This is the last season that SG-1 is on Showtime. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and at this point in time, they had contract to finish the season, but they didn't know what was coming next. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and um, during this season, there are questions as to whether or not this is going to be the end of Stargate. Yeah. Um, and so I think one of the things that you're seeing already here at the beginning is if this is going to be our last season, we're going to make it big. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and, and they do that and right from the, the get go here um, as they, they crank everything up a little bit higher. Yep. Yeah. This was a fun ride. I like yep. it. Um, I do have a quote here from Brad Wright in an mm-hmm. interview with Sci-Fi Wire. Um, and uh, I put it here instead of up in the trivia section because um, I wanted you to get a chance to talk about what you thought about it before I brought in what yeah, gotcha. Brad Wright thought about it. Okay. He says, I think it's one of our best episodes ever. Hmm. At the end of the last season, we found ourselves on a ship in another galaxy 120 years away from home, even at top speed, and with our arch enemy Apophis. Another one of our enemies, who has almost wiped us out in the past, ends up inadvertently coming to our aid, and of course, they almost wipe us out too, but we managed to escape them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's sort of, you know, Brad's take on this stuff. Yeah. And that's exactly what we see. Um, and, you know, he just, he loved it. He thought this was a really great episode. Um, I don't know if it's one of the best episodes ever. Um it's certainly one of the most action-packed episodes yes. we have seen so far, at least. Yes, yes. Um, and it's one of those few episodes, rarely do you get an episode that cranks up the speed to 11 and is right. able to ride that for 45 minutes. Yeah, that's um, true. And and even with a few times where they rest just a little bit before they ratchet it up again, uh, you know, those, those aren't like stalling out. Those are just like, okay, take a breath, and now we're going to go again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, to see an episode that successfully just goes at, you know, warp nine, yep. uh, you know, the, the ludicrous speed, the plaid for, <laughs> for plaid. 45 <laughs> minutes is, is impressive. And, yeah. and they do that successfully. So I'll give them credit on that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Do you have anything else to add? No, not for this one. There's, uh, you know, we could probably have an entire other conversation about other ideas that they could have tried in this story, but... That's okay. I mean, this thing was not. You said it. This is supposed to be a. This is supposed to be a fast-paced ride. It was. It was exactly that. Yeah, and clearly, uh, as we saw the the writing room, uh, as they were working on this story yeah, and yeah. the season, were wrestling with that. You know, what exactly do we need from this episode for this season uh, to be? And you know, they had different opinions and different yep. ways, but eventually they had to make a decision to go. This is the way we're going to go, and this and is where they went. And I thought it worked. Yep. Could you have gone other ways and could they have worked too? Absolutely. But this yeah, is what they agreed. chose. Yep. Yep. All right. So, Brent, then I ask you, enemy, 
Mm-hmm. Out of seven Chevron, how many does the season five premiere get? It 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 started fast. It kept going fast. It ended fast. It didn't have any hiccups. It didn't have any I mean any hiccups to speak of. It didn't have any errors. It was a lot of fun. It was smooth. It was plausible. Um I personally like more story in my story but this one was a lot of fun no matter what um i'm gonna give it six out of seven this was a good one i had a good time with it sweet six out of seven and you know i i think i agree with you a whole you know when the final analysis rings i prefer more uh story to the story yeah um but it's also a fun ride yeah um and it doesn't you know to it's impressive when you can go that fast for that long and not fall over. Yeah, yes, agreed. Um, and they did, and they did that. So, so I agree with you. I'm gonna uh, give this also a six out of seven. Woo-hoo! Nice. Woo-hoo! All right, we have prediction. Yay! Yes. All right. <laughs> I'm excited about this. All right. All right. What we're did people start have with to say? Anna. Hi, Anna. Anna says, "Watched it a while ago, so I'm not quite sure what ratings to guess, but." Nothing new there because I'm never sure what to rate things. Hmm. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, I recall she it. says it being quite good, and I think you'll both like it. So, yeah. sevens all around. Ooh. Ooh. Ambitious, but we, we, were, we were definitely on that end of the scale. That's for sure. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that I would have been able to go seven for this. Um, it, it Because I, I think I like a little bit more story in my story. Yeah. Um. But, but you know, hey, you're in the right ballpark. Anna. Yeah, sure okay. are. Not a bad We guess. have Evan. Hi, Evan. Uh, Diabolus, deus ex machina of the yeah. blast from the sun, throwing two ships to the same part of a different galaxy that happens to have Brent's least favorite robots. Yeah. But on the other hand, Apophis <laughs> is dead. For real, maybe. Uh, I'm going to say Zach will call it a six and a half for advancing the story quite a bit. Uh-huh. And I'll say Brent calls it a five for being sort of a repeat of most of the other replicator episodes so far. Yeah, that's a fair. Yeah, that's a fair criticism. Got to tell you, yeah. that one's right on the money. Absolutely. Um, I, I will say that one of like Martin Wood seems to direct a lot of the the replicator episodes. And one of the things that he is frustrated, <laughs> he, he has a tough time with. Uh, the fact that the replicators don't have a face yeah. to them, right? Yeah, they're just sort of this um, this force that that you know it, it's hard for a non face to emote. Um, yes, and yet one of the, so, so some of the things that he's trying to do in this episode with the replicators is get them to emote more, to instill more uh, whatever. Yep, in them, and so you actually see that in the cell. And of course, now you've got more types of bugs in this yes. to give them more personality, um, uh, and so he's working on it. Yep. Uh, and and so he's got some. Justin says, "Hi, Justin. No time to watch. So we'll so we'll see. Is Destiny can force a prediction? If uh-huh. Destiny can, yeah. Okay. You, you're oh, wait, whatever. Threat for br- oh okay okay. So so this is hard." For- He's doing a he's so, doing a Star Wars role playing, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just for y'all listeners who don't know, Justin is one of our good friends. <laughs> yes, uh, we do a lot of uh, Star Wars role playing with him. Yes. Uh, whenever we can, and we use a system from Fantasy Flight, the Fantasy Flight Star Wars system. Yes, great system. So he's yes. making references to this to threat and advantage and all of that stuff. Yes, sure. Uh, he predicts that you have threat and I get advantage out of that, and then he's like, "Wait, okay." So he says. <laughs> 
uh, three plus the Chevron encoding bias equals four. Oh, that low. Justin does not appreciate this episode as much. Okay. Does he okay. give any reason or not yet? He doesn't. He doesn't. Oh, I'm going to have to bug him about that He later. hasn't watched it in a while, and he's just throwing his Force and Destiny dice around. Yeah, I see. I see. So, there you go. Oh, Julie I wonder if he said, literally, I wonder if he literally rolled dice. You know. I, I can see him doing that. I can see him grabbing his dice, rolling it, and going, okay, well, that's Brent's roll, and that's Justin's roll. Or, that's Brent's roll, and that's Zach's roll. So, there you go. That's it. He did. <laughs> you know, I could see him doing that. Uh-huh. So, it's possible. <laughs> All right. Julie says... Hi, Julie. No reasons, just a guess. Zach 6, Brent 5. Very close. Very close. All right. We have Jacqueline. Hi, Jacqueline. Jacqueline says, I haven't had a chance to rewatch it yet, but going from my memories of this episode, I'm going to say both of you will give it six chevrons! Did she nail it? Right on! Good job, Jacqueline! Congratulations, Jacqueline! You are the winner for getting it right! What do you win? Bragging rights. Yeah, bragging rights. But she's got it twice? I think she's... I think she's a two-time winner? Uh, could be. I think could so. Be. So, um, listeners out there, I really, really would love to see this. I really, really don't have the time to do this, and so I'm calling on one of you great souls out there <laughs> to practice your nerddom and let us know. And Cole, give us a spreadsheet that has people's predictions and who gets it perfectly right, because we need to know. Please help me out. You data-loving nerds out there, we know you're there because you're one of us. We need you, friends, to collate. (laughs) Indeed. Oh, gosh. That's fantastic. All right. We do have a couple more predictions. Okay. We have Caleb saying... Hey, Caleb. Enemies was an okay episode. I Mm -hmm. didn't care much for how convenient it was to have the replicators to be there to bring SG-1 back to the Milky Way galaxy. Yep, yep. Uh, Apophis's death was kind of lame as well. I will say that Apophis is not in my top three system lords, so I didn't mind much getting rid of him. My predictions are Brent six. Yeah. Zach five. Oh, so close. So so close, Caleb. Oh, good guesses, though. Good Good guesses. And we have uh, David. Hi, David. He says... Previously, in an email sent in late August, and now I've got a picture here and I've got to find it. Chevron encoding continued. This is a very good episode, but it's incomplete because it's a cliffhanger to lead you into the next season. You, uh, what that says, you know, question. It left, so I won't repeat them. Great stuff, though, particularly blow up a star to defeat any enemies, and it mostly works except for Apophis and the biggest ship ever. Uh, however, to really appreciate this episode, you have to watch it as part of a multi-episode story. Well, that was last episode. This, yeah, I know. This is this is previously. Oh. oh, gotcha, gotcha. Realistically, this is part of a three or maybe even four-part story, possibly more if you want to include all of the Apophis stuff that's been building to this point. He sure. says that bias buffer include. Okay, he, here he was. Says. Now we're so, now we're into it. Okay. <laughs> it's been a long time since I last watched this episode. I mean, you guys took off what six months? Uh, yeah, it was about that long. Wait a yeah, minute. Yeah, Time that. has no meaning. You know this. That's right. And I watched <laughs> the episode at least a month before that. That's true. He's he has to watch these episodes. Yeah, uh, in you advance. know, yeah, quite a bit because he's got to get all of these stunts done ahead of time. I I feel you on that one. 
Uh, so it's probably been at least two years since I've watched it. You really <laughs> should not take such long breaks, and I really should get better at math. <laughs> <laughs> Time units are tricky. <laughs> yeah. He says, strong season opener. Tilk does a villain turn. Apophis oh yeah. crashes and explodes. The return yeah. of the replicators and a bunch of character development. What's not yeah. to like? Brent, five chevrons. He liked it, but he's not a big fan of the replicators. Quote, yeah. or parentheses, yet. And therefore, the replica ex machina solution hey, to getting back to their nice. own galaxy was yeah. not quite satisfying yes he probably also does not believe that apophis is really dead yeah you got it <laughs> so he predicts five chevron <laughs> zach he knows what really happened to apophis at the last second and what that means for the system lord six chevron <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a false flag right there. <laughs> P.S. What happened to Apophis at the last second? Nothing. He's dead, Brent, and that changes everything. No, it... Or it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. Do you know which of these is the false trail and which one isn't? Wait, is he actually writing that? I am writing what needs to be written and reading what is there. <laughs> You see, now this is where it gets good because since like, yeah, you, you I'm not going to lie. You've got me right now. Like, I don't know which part is which and where we're at. So I'm just going to keep believing in my own little world that somehow Apophis went from being covered in replicators in his own little cocoon of a shield that he had to keep active by touching his little, oh boy, uh, and found a way <laughs> to get into a um, escape pod somehow. There's no way. There's no way, Zach. There's no way. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. He died like that. That's how he died. <laughs> this, well, is how, this is how the story of Apophis ends. <laughs> ah, but maybe this isn't the end oh, of Apophis. Maybe he has a clone. That's what we're going to go with. Maybe he's I got a know. clone. Yeah. I don't he's know. got a clone. He had a clone. He's got a clone in that sarcophagus that we saw get wheeled past. And yeah, but that blew up too. Mm, no, it didn't. See, we saw it go into a cargo hold. We did not see them put it inside an escape pod that was a specifically programmed that if the ship found itself in mortal danger, it would jettison. Ah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's entirely possible. Sci-fi, dude. So, either Apophis is dead or <laughs> he's, he's alive. <laughs> he's Schrodinger's Apophis. He's, he's both. <laughs> he is both alive and dead at the same time. There you go. Oh, All right. So good. Brent. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to move us forward. Yes, please. Please. <laughs> the next episode of Stargate yeah. SG-1, oh, gosh. episode oh. two of season yeah. five, yeah. is entitled Threshold. Threshold. And I ask you, what is Threshold all about? Threshold. Next time on Stargate SG-1. The SG-1 team travel through a gate to find themselves on their strange world. Yes, I'm talking about how they are going to go from a gate somewhere else back to Earth, and I'm just being a little silly. But when they arrive, they do not get a hero's welcome. No, they find out that while they were gone, there has been a coup at the SGC. Oh, no, no longer is General Hammond in charge, but rather Maybor. 
<gasps> to make matters worse, he is demanding that he get married to... <clears throat> I'm not going to make, it's not going to be Samantha Carter. So let's try it. to Dr. Frazier. <gasps> and Whoa! somehow the ceremony goes through with it and they, she's not happy. And then as they walk through the threshold, Teal wakes up from a coma because he's been under the influence of, and saves the day. Wow. That was a terrible, I know this is bad. <laughs> this is just bad. Very, 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 very bad. Well, you know, if you want, we could rewind and you could try again. No, no, that's not the rule. The rule is that I just go with one word only and off I go. What does happen, though, sometimes, often, is that I get a sneaky, sneaky peek at what the word is going to be. So the, I, I don't, like, plan this thing out. I don't write anything out. But my, my subconscious is kind of working on it. This time, you literally caught me by surprise. So much by surprise that I'm holding the phone where we normally watch the trailers, realizing I didn't even download it. So, oh. um... Yeah, so I'm going to do that this very second, and it might take me a minute. I'm ready. All right. Let's find out what if actually happened sure. in Threshold. Okay. I'm hitting go now. Next time on Stargate SG-1. Is Teal'c ready to rejoin the team? It is good to see you, O'Neill. Well, that looks good. You too. Once again, pledge to you my allegiance. And ask your forgiveness for succumbing to the will of Apophis. Or is he still under Apophis's control? Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh! He's deceiving you. Oh no! The right of Malshari is the only way. Last right. To save Tilk's soul, first we must take him to the very threshold of death. Oh, he my. has deceived you, O'Neill. As I have deceived you all these years, couldn't be in the service of Atari. When the time comes, he may need your help to fight his way back to us. Can Tilt survive the horrors of his past? Can you hear me, old friend? Oh, interesting. All right, I'm here for this. No, Tilt. Katastri Shobar. Remember? Remember, Tilt! It's all next time on Stargate SG-1. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm <laughs> looking forward to this one. This one looks like it's going to be packed full of story and good acting. Hopefully. Well, I will tell you that it is... Chock full yeah. of Stargate SG-1. Well, good. At least we got that going for us. <laughs> so, so I promise that we won't get any like weird other science fiction in there. It's no going Doctor to be Who, Stargate SG-1. No Star Trek. Just No Lost in Space. No Lost in Space. No, um, no uh, Battlestar Galactica. No Battlestar Galactica. It's no. going to be Stargate SG-1. No 4400. Just straight no on. No 4400. Yep. No. Gotcha. Uh, so there is actually a show that lasted like half a season called Threshold, which oh. is creepy sci-fi stuff. It has Brent Spiner in it. Uh, it has nothing to do with that. Okay. No Brent Spiner. That's a bummer. No Brent Spiner. I don't think. No. No. No Brent okay. Spiner. Okay. Okay. That's Threshold. <sighs> well, I'm looking forward to that. And yes. I'm also looking forward to get back in the swing of things. We took a nice break. Yeah. That was good. That was yeah. needed. That was really yes. needed. Um, but uh, looking forward to get back at it. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I actually was thinking like, gosh, it feels like it's been forever since we podcasted. And we actually, it was only like two weeks ago that we did right. the the recordings of all of that stuff for, for the special stuff that we did. And um, But it's been like a month since we recorded an actual episode of an episode. Yes. Um, 
And but it feels like a lot longer than that. It, um, this has been a long month. <laughs> Normally September slows down for me. It oh, didn't. gee, many crackers. Yes, it did not. Yeah, but I am glad to be back uh, yep, in the too. swing of things. Uh, I'm excited to continue this journey. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for uh, holding on with us as we took this yeah. time to to take a break that we needed. Uh, and let's get going. And we're going to get into this season five here. Uh, remember, send us your your thoughts about the hundredth episode of Stargate SG One, mm-hmm. um, and uh, let us know. Get a hold of, tell us what you think about that episode, about this episode, about yeah, you know, what did you do for the last month while you were waiting for us to get back to making new episodes? Yeah, actually, you know, whatever it was. Uh, you can email us at walking through the stargate at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Stargate Walking, or find us on Facebook with the Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and Facebook group. Yep, <clears throat> and also. Consider joining us on Patreon. Yes, for the new new podcast that's coming and and all that fun stuff. So yeah, good times, good uh, stuff. And with that, I say I'm Zach and I'm Brent, and this has been Walking Through the Stargate. Bye, bye. I can't remember what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> I'm supposed to see you next time. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> see you next time. <laughs> Carter, dial it up. Get these people home. <laughs>